Chapter 21 Slightly Damaged Beth lay in bed, staring at the ceiling, listening to the soft breaths of Serena sleeping nearby. She grabbed a loose pillow and put it under her leg to ease the throbbing of her knife wound. Her mind raced, trying to make sense of the events of the past few days. She was lucky, and she knew it. Preparation had always been the hallmark of her trade. Normally cool and collected, she completely went off script and charged into an unknown situation in Atlanta which almost cost her life. She was pissed at herself for being so reckless, but she had to admit to herself she'd never felt more alive at the same time. She thought about the hell she had endured in Bosnia as a child during the war and quickly pushed it out of her mind. She was a different person now and not a weak child. In the past year, however, it had been the toughest she'd endured. Certainly not physically. No, her time playing the role of Jack Glasser's girlfriend was something most women would die for. Jack had money and was good-looking. A decent guy that actually cared about her. During her time with him, she had every conceivable luxury. But it wasn't real. She was playing a part in a year-long play with no intermission. When she first met Jack, she had been convinced she'd be able to find out how he'd infiltrated the organization's financial planning operations. He was an easy read, insecure and uncomplicated. But she soon found out there was much more to him. He was brilliant in a bookish way, slightly damaged with disarming looks and unthreatened by a strong woman. He was also good in the sack, she smiled, thinking about being with him. In another time and place, he would have been everything she ever wanted. But then again, she was damaged too. Damaged beyond repair. Leading a life too complicated to ever think about some schoolgirl fantasy. She was trapped inside the organization every bit as much as Jack was trapped in his own anxiety. She chewed through her encounter with Gomes. If she'd only known the virus had been deployed, he would have lived, if only for a while, to tell her where it had been deployed. But that hope was as dead as he was. The threat to the organization paled in comparison to what might lie ahead in a remote piece of farmland. Draper had told her to let it go, but she couldn't. A piece of the puzzle rattled in her head, and she couldn't find where it fit. She got up and went to the mini bar to grab a vodka to take the edge off and help her get to sleep, knocking her jacket off the corner of the chair in the dim light. Her keys fell out of her pocket, jingling as they hit the floor. The random puzzle piece finally snapped into place as she flicked on the light. She opened the closet door, pulled out her overnight bag, and tossed it onto the bed. What are you doing? Serena asked groggily. Fixing this. I'm going to find that damn test facility, she said, rummaging through the bag. She finally stopped. Her expression showed victory as she pulled out a set of keys. What's that? Serena asked. The keys I took off Gomes, Beth said. I don't get it. You've already searched Gomes' place, and there was nothing about his work or Magnus there, Serena said, sitting up. Beth walked over and showed her the keys. 
You see what I see? Serena furrowed her brow and looked at the keys. A moment later, she said, Car key? Car key. The car was the only place I didn't search, Beth said. Before Serena could respond, Beth grabbed her phone and stormed into the living area, closing the door behind her as she called Draper. He picked up on the first ring. I think I may know how to find where Gomes deployed the virus. I need a jet, and I need it quick. Where should I tell the pilots you're going? Draper asked. Back to Atlanta, Beth said. Back at Rhodes' secret task force building, Jack poured over archive organization data. Some of it looked too cheesy to believe, almost like bad marketing material from a local strip mall center, touting the opportunities to rebuild Iraq. He'd seen stuff like that at military and government trade shows, so none of it was particularly informative. Hell, everyone wanted a piece of the rebuilding effort. However, the documents that were more compelling were those which appeared to be operational timelines for military action, overlaid with specific public infrastructure to be deployed. So much for winning hearts and minds. When combined with the odd-looking symbols used to black out certain text, it looked like a systematic plan to blow shit up and a list of potential bidders to rebuild it all. He just needed a key to break the code and make sense of it all. The sheer scale of it was daunting, and he felt as if he was running in quicksand. His head hurt, and Bosco needed to pee. He walked to the roof and pulled a joint out of a pack he had rolled at the hotel, coughing out the lemony fumes of sour diesel as he lit it. He heard the door to the roof open and the crunch of Rhodes's boots on the gravel rooftop. Rhodes stood beside him, looking over D.C. bathed in the late afternoon sun, staring disapprovingly at the joint in Jack's hand. Jack shrugged as if to say he couldn't help it. Rhodes held out his hand, and after a quick double-take, Jack handed him the smoking joint. Rhodes took a man-sized hit and quickly handed it back, soaking in the city view as he coughed. They let you do that? It's still illegal according to federal law, Jack said. Shit, I've officially been dead for years, and in case you haven't noticed it, None of this shit we're doing here is strictly legal according to federal law, Rhodes said. Well, this is about the only thing that's helped me get by, Jack said, pulling out another joint and lighting it. Prescription meds never work. Plus, they're the real gateway drugs anyway, Jack said, shaking his head. Rhodes crinkled his eyes. So, I'm legally dead and you're what exactly? I mean, your condition, that is. Why the hell do you need it? Rhodes asked. Headaches, anxiety, you name it, Jack said. From the lightning strike? Rhodes asked. I guess, or maybe the fire hose of information I was hooked up to afterwards. I don't think it's natural to have this much information rattling around up here, Jack said, pointing to his head. Does it affect your brother? Rhodes was curious now. Not really. I mean, other than being a dick sometimes and having poor impulse control, no, he doesn't have any of my physical symptoms. 
Jack said, knowing full well Luke had never accelerated again after Quan's original project, which was probably why he wasn't breaking down physically like Jack was. Rhodes shrugged in response, looking back over the city. Slightly buzzed, he said, I always wanted to paint. I mean, aside from being a Marine and killing shit, painting was the other thing. I think if I could paint, painting might help me relax. Jack suddenly tamped out the coal on his smoke. Nobody knows what this Draper guy looks like, do they? Jack said, more of a statement than a question. No. Why? Because I can paint. I mean, I can draw, I can sketch, and I'm pretty good at it, Jack said. Well, go fuck yourself twice. So you're smart, rich, and you have a talent. Good for you, Rhodes said sarcastically. No, you're not listening. I'm not being an asshole. I mean, I can sketch. I'm every bit as good as a police sketch artist, and we happen to have a guy downstairs who's actually met Draper. It finally dawned on Rhodes as his eyes lit up. Well, goddamn. Come on, Picasso. Let's get to it. <laughs>